Okay, so uh, stage 20 is individual time trial also. Uh, it's very important now because we have a big buffer, big lead in the uh, classment. It's very important now not to take risks but also to succeed because uh, we together, Zaman winning, we win together and uh, performance is very, very important. So uh, guys, I want you to think now about the tactics and uh, the, uh, the plan for the stage. Walt, what are you thinking? So for me, uh, if I go down the start, start the ramp really fast, eh? <laughs> it's the first obstacle out the way, no? <laughs> then I just press on the pedals really hard, no. make a no crash, and just, just win the race, eh? No? No? Yeah, this is a good plan. I like this plan. Be careful on the first descent of the ramp. It's technical. It's straight. Sometimes it's the problem, eh? Sometimes also problem, but not for you, Waltz. No, with the cycle cross, it's a normal, eh? Ah, you'll be fine, Waltz. Ramps, jumps, steps, eh? Okay. Uh, now, uh, we have the yellow jersey also. Yeah? Jonas, congrats, man. <laughs> congrats, man. But you haven't... W I don't where's the accent going? Congrats, man. But you haven't won the race yet until you get to the finish line in Paris. And today is also a stage you must get through, Jonas. Yeah, for me, yeah. So, Jonas, normally you speak with a Danish accent. Is this true? Uh, normally, yeah. But you've been with the Jumbo Visma for a long time now. Many years, eh? So now you're talking a little, little bit like Wild. Now it's, <laughs> now it's a bit normal to sound like this, eh? <laughs> so, so, Jonas, for uh, you, yeah. it's a very simple yeah, decision. Yeah, director, it's tell me. It's a very simple decision mm -hmm. for you to make, but also with us, with the team management, oh, as we decide yeah. collectively on our policy because we win together, okay? We're a team. Even behind the scenes, we're a team. Okay. You see these guys, the mechanics? Mm -hmm. They've been working all night. Yeah. They okay. prepare the bike well, eh? They prepare the bike very well. And just to make their job more they put difficult... the yellow stickers on. Oh, no, the yellow stickers already on the bike because we're Jumbo Visma, eh? Uh, also, okay, so yellow. easy, no? Easy night for them, no? <laughs> They've been working all night and just to make their motivation even more. Uh, the director sportives, we have been coming out every hour and pouring cold water over them. Well, they've been working on their bikes, okay? So they have the bikes ready, always as a team. Even the guys who drive the van with the mattresses that we sleep mm -hmm. on. Special mattresses, eh? Sponsor mattress. Mm, important. They've been working all night. I know. I don't know what on. But it's important, though. Some of them are students, <laughs> and they are working on their projects that they have to deliver by the end of July latest. Because uh, they're not paid much, yeah? Okay. So they're students also, the guys who do the mattresses. But we win together, okay? So for Jonas, for you, it's very important we reach with you, for you, from you, by you, and in you, and outside of you, a decision about how we approach the tactics okay. of the race. Because Jonas, we do believe you can maybe win the stage also. Well, I have to believe, and you have to believe, and it's so important, no? For me, for the belief. Belief is very of important. the rider, and the team, but and the people who put the mattresses out there. <laughs> And everything else that comes with it from the training camp in December, no? Nutrition. All the way up to now. I do not back down, eh? I have 3 minutes 30 gap, time gap almost. Thereabouts. Correct. I can't remember off the top of my head. I push all the way to the finish, eh? Yeah. Eh? No gifts on this team. No gifts. Jumbo Visma all the way, eh? Because uh, Walt wants to win the stage, but you also want to win it, huh? I'll try, eh? You go full attack, full gas. Every corner, eh? Every corner, even the last corner on the descent before the climb. If, the I've got, if I say every corner, director sportif, I mean every corner, eh? But I want to every check corner. exactly which corner you mean when you say every corner. Well, because every corner. There is a corner on the fast descent 
into the river gorge with a massive rock face, a cliff face, right next to it, and the gravel also at the edge of the road and the grass. And if you come off okay. that, maybe you play you place your face very fast into the rock. Okay, it's not worth the risk, eh? Okay. No, I think it is, Jonas. This is what I'm saying to you, together we win. Okay, Jonas, so you think it's not a risk, I say go full gas. Okay, full gas, eh? Okay. That, and that's pretty much what that's happened. That's basically what happened. That's the story of the stage. There was no reason for Jonas Vingegaard to be going that hard and taking that many risks. I know. And, but he just couldn't help himself. And I was nervous for him, and I'm not invested in him, but... I felt I, nervous then. I was... <laughs> what, reliving it? <laughs> yeah, I was like... Is this what happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, we were. Rem I, I remembered Geraint Thomas's victory in 2018 with that final time trial in Espelette, <coughs> which was uh, David. You and I rode to the finish that day. And do you remember the roads? Oh the yeah, roads were I remember that. Super damp. hard. Bass country. In the yeah. Bass country, not dissimilar kind of terrain in a funny way, but the roads were mm. slightly damp. Had been a mist all morning, hadn't they? Yeah. And um, Thomas r went off the start ramp in yellow. Mm -hmm. He went off the start ramp last. And he attacked that mm. course. Did exactly like Jonas. But but for him, luckily in a way for Thomas, the little moment happened quite early on in the time trial. Yeah. As far as I remember, in the first quarter, first third of the time trial, he just his rear wheel flicked out or something, yeah. and he got a little bit of a oh hang on. Moment. And then he just was like oh hang on. And he stopped racing for yeah. the stage because he had which is the right decision. He had a couple of minutes, didn't yeah. he? I think going to that time trial. I've never had the pleasure of wearing the leader's jersey in the Tour de France, but. What I can imagine it gives you is this sense of confidence which n you can't comprehend unless you've been in the jersey. Hence maybe why we're seeing, one, the fact that he loves time traveling. Yeah. And he's a racer. But can you imagine the amount of self-belief he must have felt <laughs> yeah. rolling off that start ramp today? Yeah. But and then, like you say, it only yeah. takes a moment, doesn't it, where you have to but check Pete, Pete, not just the roll-up, it was that him walking to the start ramp... He kind of came from his bus on his road bike, mm. got there, did the walk, had his staff around him, yep. and he looked like a, an astronaut. It just he, looked super he had weird. All that, he did, because he, he looked like a MotoGP rider, Pete. Yeah, yeah. And it says walking weirdly, he had all this, all this kind of, all this cooling stuff on him, fully kitted out, and he, l and with that kind of Robocop face he has, yeah. he's got a very Robocop face, which is quite a 1990s reference. Yeah. I thought yeah. this when I yeah. seen Garrett Thomas today um, finish yeah. his warm-up lap or his recon lap mm. um, with you know how crazy the bikes are these days and how yeah. loud they are and it really reminded me of MotoGP when yeah. you see them and you can't really fathom fathom yeah and I looked at G and I was like I looked at him yeah. as if he was this special special person I was in awe of him we had this moment really it's just G isn't it you know yeah, which is Pete, mad we had this moment because it was really in where we were today it was quite a rare Tour de France kind of location in the sense it was very beautiful but it's very hard to get to so it's quite empty regards fans yeah relatively so it yeah. kind of was like being at a Giro d'Italia stage was, or a Vuelta was. stage <laughs> yeah. where you just cruise around and you're not overwhelmed by the fans mm -hmm. and even the security was a bit lesser because it was all quite quiet mm. but I was sitting doing my diary at a cafe around the corner and Pete came and joined me and the race was just starting, or the warm-ups were just being completed, or the recons were being completed. And he was like, Dave, you seen them? And I was like, yeah, I did. It's like, they look amazing, like the pros mm. coming through. Because all of a sudden, they all, their kit, their bikes, their positions, they look 
so cool mm. and it's the first time I've ever kind of kind of and I was so pleased Pete said it because I was thinking that but I thought I was just being schlugy but <laughs> I actually thought oh you guys look like proper cool athletes kind of. and also do you think it's because we spend three weeks watching them like so intensely that um, it gets to this day and we're just like wow well the, that coupled with the fact that you know 99% of the time we're watching them on television yeah. Like yeah, you are. We're not seeing True. them. We're not actually True. seeing them. And yeah. so when we step out the side of the, the back of our truck where we mm. commentate from, and actually they're there, um, and we can actually see them. It's, it's like when I seen Gail Platt's son in um, in uh, Amsterdam. Couldn't quite believe it. Love Island. Similar. Very similar. Like yeah. when you watch a soap and you see them in real right. life, and then you're actually like, actually, they are real people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. So I'm mad, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I've got a mate. I've got a mate who. Um, was a regular character in Holby City for about 12 years. He was one of the leading doctors in Holby City. Just to the yeah, Bob, Bob Barrett, he's my mate. <laughs> and um, he basically played his character, Dr. Sasha Levy. Oh, um, yeah. Do you remember him? Yeah, I do. Yeah, okay. I think I do, yeah. So Bob, <laughs> right, you remember Sasha Levy's character? I'm, I'm out, now. guys. Yeah, so yeah. Dr. Sasha Levy is this kind of lovable, affable, mm-hmm. things go wrong for him a bit. He's yeah. a bit put upon, slightly unfortunate, but really lovable, kind yeah. of slightly bumbling guy who wears Hawaiian shirts and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Bob in real life is this lovable, affable, slightly bumbling guy for whom things occasionally go wrong. He wears his Hawaiian no shirt. Way. He basically morphed um, his actual character into the, into the th- yeah, and not the other way around. He'd influenced uh-huh. the yeah. It's very interesting that, but he gets that all the time. So people who watch Holby like you mm. recognize him, and they just can't quite compute that a character from the soap has, has broken the fourth wall uh-huh. and, and actually entered their shop or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a bit like that with the shl- you guys schlugging. Yeah. Did you yeah. say hello to Garrett Thomas? Uh, no, we went past too quick. All right, I was can't TT day. TT day can't can't interact with people. Can't interact. No, no they're very. They're, they're, well, yeah. they've been in the zone all race, to be honest. Yeah. No, um, leave yeah. them alone. You switch off a bit, don't you? And yeah, we're well, not switch off. You're in the zone. You just. It's like um, with a horse, like the got the blinkers on, haven't you? Yeah, there's, that's um, it. Is. You create your blinkers. There's uh, horse trams on the Alamand yeah. up and down the prom, and the horses have the. Blinkers, blinkers on their eyes, mm. and mm. very much the same, I guess, for TC them helmets. in the time trial. Perfect. But is that, does that only apply to the David Millers of the world, the the, the, the guys who are actually going to race it for for the mm. win or for the GC I'm, or something? I, I was talking more about the whole race. So even mm. when you drop down off a mountain, I always used to put the blinkers on just to get back to the bus as soon as possible, mm. and I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't look around and what's going on or be distracted. I'd just be like, I'm just getting down this yeah. hill. And that's what happened to me when I'll give an example of this. A few days ago, off Otterkam with Jack Bauer. Yeah. He came flying by, by us, and I was like, oh, I'll try and get up to him. But I was like, I didn't want to do the Dan, Dan, <laughs> Dan thing, <laughs> because he's going to hear people shout yeah. and kind of not ignore them, but just passively passively continue on. And so I got as close as I could, and I was like, Jack Bauer, it's David Miller. Yeah, just very precise information. Very precise You're information. Imparting information. I've broken through the blinkers. Yeah. And then he was like, and then yeah. he was like, oh, I put his brakes on. He was like, hey, Dave, and it was fine. And but was if good. I'd just been like Jack, it, nothing. Yeah, and the potential total humiliation for you as Complete well because he ridden away. That's why oh, I had right. to risk my yeah. life and limb. Yeah. on the Brompton mm-hmm. to and get back to him. And then you get back to him, and you've got one chance. One chance. One chance. One hit. One hit. You can't do it twice. And if Bow rides off, yeah. there's no. No, no, it's not like. Yeah. yeah, Jack. Yeah, there's no second. Jack. Yeah, it's that. Yeah. Yeah, Jack Bauer. This is David Miller. That's and my and hit. So I had to get and as close as I could yeah. to him to break through the blinker. <laughs> yeah, and it worked. Yeah, yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. Well. Yeah. 
Um, it was Filippo Ganna who set the... Well, it was Mikel Bier who set the first best time. Huh. Yeah. Oh. Is that particularly surprising? Not particularly surprising, is it? But then... Um, but then, oh, what's his name? Filippo Ganna uh, mm. destroyed Mikel Bier's time. And uh, that looked good. I mean, it was, um, it was good to see him close to his best. I mean, where did he finish? Hang on a second. Can I just ask this question? We often where did Ganna stay? We often, I stage? don't know. I think he was in the top 10, maybe about fifth, fifth or sixth. Or yeah. Um, yeah. Has Filippo Ganna ever won a Tour de France stage? No, yeah. his first Tour de France. No. Tour de France. No. Oh, it's his first tour. Yeah, finished so fourth in Copenhagen. That's got to be disappointing, a rider uh, of his status. Very, not uh, I think I said it in commentary, his minimum expectation would have been win one of them. That would have been completely been minimum. So normal. Normal. Which, it, I mean, it says it all about the Tour de France. Yeah. Because, well, for me anyway, when I look at the Time Trial World Championship, and no disrespect to you, David, yeah. I'm about to say this, but you oh don't get God. the Tour de France champions there. I said uh, this in uh, commentary. I, I said this in commentary. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. I said the the world championships for time trialing is in at the Tour de France. You literally said that. I literally said Which that. Which I guess you were also yeah. successful in, so it's not yeah. that disrespectful. But those as well. Um, that's how I feel. Yeah. With yeah. this situation. Yeah. Well, so just to explain that, you mean that in the in the uh, in the world individual time trial championship, a lot it's of the GC, yeah. the GC hitters are. It's there, a bit so soft. It's, just, it's, it's not. It's soft. soft. It's, not it's a bit soft. soft. It's a little it's bit. It's a little bit soft. Uh, actually, I'm not. In yeah. Okay, no so in your in your this. era, David, when yeah. you were competing there, who were the GC riders who you would have feared? Uh, because you know you were there. I had to do Jan Ulrich. Post post uh, 2001. Okay, I had to go against Jan Ulrich. Right, and I was on a road bike, and he you have those like low time trial bars, upside down. Yeah, basically, I just put clip ons on my bike. Yeah. The Lisbon, it was a super hard course. Was but everyone on road bikes back then? No, they were on TT bikes. They had good TT bikes. I was on Cofferties. I didn't. Why were you on a road bike? I was on Cofferties, and and, and I and it was and, it was a, and also it was a hilly course. Yeah. Because our TT bike was so heavy, right, that it was crazy ridiculous. Yeah. So I was like, just set up my road bike. I'll put TT bars on there, make it light. I'll be fine. Um, which is a mistake, number one. <laughs> <laughs> Another one of my great mistakes. Why are you looking at me like that? What? Uh, what happened? So I was lead. I went through all the time checks. Yeah. Uh, Why well, is it a mistake? I missed that. Sorry. Uh, because actually, when it, I know I'm sat in the car with you, but I didn't hear what you said. You just zoned out there. You started yeah. looking at yeah. such puzzlement. Because it's a very hilly course. So obviously, a lot was going to happen on the hills, but yeah. there were also sections of flat and downhill mm-hmm. where I had to work hard because mm-hmm. I was on my bike. I was because getting the advantages in the uphill, yeah. and then I was losing time there. But I went through every single time. Santiago Botero, Jan yeah. Ulrich. Oh. Um, oh. It was oh. old school. It was a yeah. bad day. It was a bad day. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I was I was going through beating them on every time check, and I was 24, and it was like my first time doing the world properly and then Jan Ulrich we did three laps of Lisbon Jeez. on the final lap he he caught Bodrogi mm-hmm. this uh, Hungarian rider and they swapped kind of four times what they went through they worked together he so overtaked him so no, they, no, were no, like, but they were then, like cheating and then cheating again <laughs> double <laughs> time already yeah. Cheating yeah. The yeah. Yeah. exactly and, but it's what was crazy so on the last lap Bodrogi Jan Ulrich caught him and then Bodrogi hung on then went by him and no then way. they did it four times <laughs> and when they crossed the line they shook hands <laughs> no and way. I lost by six seconds no you did not I lost by six seconds the world championships in what 2001 was, that is so oh that's yeah. insane brutal isn't it, isn't it? Never no, heard he that story paid before. him off yeah. do you reckon <laughs> is that in Maybe. Daniel Freib's book I wonder about no, Jan Ulrich which has come highly recommended yeah. and that is, um, yeah. I haven't had the chance to read it yet but it's um, old uh, yeah. Alex Zula would have been um, 
impressed by G's ride today. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Oh, that's a great yeah. reference, isn't it? We Go were on, talking about that yesterday. Explain why, explain yeah. why that reference we mentioned it on the pod. Or yeah, I think that, we have, but I mean, you know. Was how, it out the pod? How many hours of podcasting have we done already? I've, you know, I'm starting to forget what we talk about on the pod and what we talk about off it. In life, <laughs> yeah. Just, like, what is mm. the pod and what is Well, isn't. I can say that we've done the Habsburg thing. Yeah, Because yeah. we did it in real yeah. life the day before yesterday. Yeah. We actually mm. recorded it yesterday, well, so I don't need to do that. I did say as well this morning that we could just pod for four hours. Yeah, break the world record. Yeah, well, we could just go. I wonder we what the world the whole record drive. is. Genuinely get bored, or there's no good content. And that was never strays far. <laughs> 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 Great, um, uh, with the Alex Zilla thing, it's funny though because we've been doing the tour together. Well, us three and Gaz, except mm. for the the last two years because of COVID. But yeah, uh, in terms of conversation it going round in circles oh yeah we're starting to we, massively we repeat ourselves. ourselves a few times haven't we I think it started to kick in this year for the first time big time hasn't it yeah was it something about Simon and Garfunkel that I started no no Elton John oh yeah <laughs> I was called up on <laughs> it Elton John what yeah I, I, I started oh, telling yeah. I started talking about the time I met Elton John and you went I, you made it very clear that I told the story it was also quite funny because in the first week or three days I might have let it slide a bit like how David didn't let the universal language slide the other night and I did yeah. I'd have just been like respect to him like, oh he's telling the story again but I'm going to let him tell it and then I'll probably tell my, my story about Elton yeah. and then we'll carry on as if nothing as if it never happened but I think what we're hoping is that eventually our podcast listeners will fall into a similar rhythm and that we can start just regurgitating material yeah. endlessly because I, they, I won't, they won't have a clue. They'd pick up on it, wouldn't they? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah could Twitter picks up on things, doesn't it? Everything. Yeah. Definitely. I hope our listeners think that as joining into our conversation and with any, with any good friends, you know they're going to repeat things. Well, we feel yeah. like they are because yeah. we see them on the roadside every day. Yeah, we do. It's the most famous yeah. I've felt since riding when a bike. Or becoming the first, or becoming the first British winner of a uh, an outdoor oh, stage. Yeah, since then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that very moment. Yeah, yeah. It's, but I mean, the mount, and there was a lot of Brits there today, actually. Were there? It, yeah, went out for a walk. Loads of Brits. Can loads. Today's, today's, today's location blew my mind. Rockamador. Magical, wasn't it? I mean, I went out for a run this morning, quite mm. early, and I just rode, run, rode, ran down the little access road to our lovely Good hotel road. we stayed Fun. in last night. And I turned right and I thought, well, there's the, oh yeah, there's this river gorge. What's the, mm. there's a sanctuary, a beautiful church on this hillside. And I started running down a steep pathway, which I quickly realized was um, dotted with the stations of the cross. So it was a Calvary. Um, and then I went up and down and up and down the, 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 the gorge a little bit. And I came back up the stations of the cross as well, mm. ticking them off as I went. Mm. And um, How many are there? Well, this is my 14. question. That's a really good answer because yeah. I think normally there are 14. Mm. I'm pretty sure I've been to places where there are 12. I, mm. I ran up a Calvary in Italy during the Giro, which, by the way, nearly literally killed me. It dogs. was so hard. It was a long way as well. No mm. dogs, just effort. Okay. Just effort and age. Yeah. Um, and it was super, super steep and long. But that was 12. And today's stations of the cross, there were only 13 of them. But I thought it's. I think it. Why do I think it's 14? I don't think there is actually a rule. You know, it's okay. not laid down in, in the Bible. In Girona we have it, and it's 14, I 14. think. I think yeah. 14 is the norm. I think sometimes you get 12, but literally mm. there were 13 of them today. And the reason the Stations of the Cross was that was the the kind of Calvary of Jesus Christ. Well, it's the journey. His walk. It's the journey. The it starts. Stops, it the pauses he made on the way. Exactly. It starts with his... Um, with his uh, with Pontius Pilate mm -hmm. finding him guilty with his yeah. sentencing to death yeah uh, that's the first station of the cross 
I think the second station of the cross is Christ is given a cross. Yeah. I think the third one is for the first time he falls. Mm-hmm. And there three times he falls mm-hmm. with the cross. Yeah. So I'm going to go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, so I was a little bit fascin- fascinated by religion in school, but to the point where my family's not that religious, although my mom and dad believe in heaven. Oh, my mom believes in heaven, her mom does, but they're not like, you know, in church every Sunday. Yeah. And But what I was always fascinated by and the story I loved was um, when Jesus was crucified. Can yeah. you relate to that? In what way? I, in the way I was just like blown away by it. I was just like... It's a very extreme story. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, I, especially it's to be told to probably yeah. someone who's 11 years old. Oh, it's nuts. Got nailed to a cross. Like, you know, and it's that's fine it. because it's, it's in religious education. Yeah. Yeah. And I could just remember just being yeah. like, what? Yeah. I had it's that... Heroic. Well, not heroic. It was, it was horrific. I had that moment on running, running up today. I've often thought it. I really felt it today. I suddenly became apparent that the symbol itself which we take for granted because we live in a predominantly Christian culture and so it's everywhere. And you know, <laughs> you have to take a step back and think what it is. Mm. You know, long before it became a religious uh, symbol, it was simply the most brutal form of execution yeah. that mankind had dreamt up. Yeah, um, that is so You know, and, and now it has this, obviously, this, this well, yeah. in, in, intense, intense meaning. Do you think meaning? that justifies yeah. being, um, you know, do you think it justifies it still being um, a subject you have to learn, like, it's pretty. I tell you what, it's pretty macabre because I living in Spain and I've got uh, quite some Spanish friends, Catalan friends, and predominantly Roman Catholic. And in their houses, though, they will have crosses with mm-hmm. Jesus on the cross. That's a pretty nuts thing when you think about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like yeah, uh, it's bloody horrific. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's bloody it's and horrific. Bloody and horrific. But, yeah. but it but it carries a meaning to yeah. them that. Transcends uh, that completely. So, yeah. so to answer my question, yeah. Yeah. Do, do you, Ned? Or what? Do you think it should be obligatory I, in high school? I I don't know. I think I think if it is well taught, I think it could literally. If you've enjoyed or found interesting the last two or three minutes of our discussion, mm. then that's what it should, should be. Should it be in the history mm. part of learning and not be its own subject? Though you can do a GCSE and RE. Um, I don't know, Peter. I haven't thought and intensely then, about the, the, no, the curriculum. Because me and my wife have this conversation yeah. because she's like, "It's a why do they waste an hour of, yeah, you know, learning about RE?" And I'm like, "Well, it's yeah. got s- there's so yeah. much history behind it." And I don't think it's a waste because it's a theology in full stocks as part of our culture. Yeah, but kids don't know it's theology. Yeah, I know, but I suppose if you anyway, I, we're going on. Anyway, I, no, but I would no, but that's nev- never straight car, isn't it? I would <laughs> I would instinctively hesitate to remove anything from the curriculum. I would as well. Anything, would yeah, because I think the more breadth you can give, you know. You know, I, I personally feel really aggrieved that in the United Kingdom, um, people have basically in, in the state system mostly stopped learn- being taught German. You know, mm. uh, yeah. modern languages. So we seem to have given Actually, up on it in know. the UK. I'm you know, uh, well, yeah. I mean, the UK should be highly embarrassed about mm. the amount of languages we can speak exactly. as a nation. It's really embarrassing. So everything, everything that gets removed. Actually, with Ari, I think now I've thought about it, I don't agree with it you because you, with you're literally it? telling made-up stuff to kids. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it, yeah, it depends. And, and okay. like, but know? not everybody agrees with the fact that it's, it's made, made up. up. No, obviously. Okay, obviously. So okay yeah. There, there's that. Sorry, that's a touchy subject. There tends to be a kernel of truth 
but for kids who, yeah I mean I think yeah, it needs I mean, massively yeah. I, I'm sure it's much better to, look, back in my day for heaven's sake religious education was literally a, a we used to learn only about Christianity, only about the New Testament, and we used to compare and contrast the different accounts of the Gospels. Wow. You know, it was yeah. that dry and ridiculous yeah. and non-questioning yeah, right. and yeah. kind of... That's very sorry. Single-minded for myself. But, but you know, a religious education that has precisely this yeah. conversation mm. about... Mm. So I what does it mean? So on the... So run, sorry, yeah. to return to my Bring me the back Stations round. of the Cross, um, I understood a little bit today how that... I'm not a Catholic and I don't I have that faith, but mm. I understood how that metaphor works a little bit and how you might feel that that journey that you walk up maybe some people do it every day they walk up the yeah. stations of the cross and as they're doing it they're thinking about the span of their life and the fate of being human which so involves like meditation almost which involves um suffering and then ultimately the fate that awaits us all which is um the end of our lives mm-hmm. and that journey i think there is something slightly beautiful about mm-hmm. that issue. i think it's beautiful but what I i'm saying is like kids don't have the they can't even understand that though can they I they're just learning mm, about mm, I would agree if they're not if they, they can yeah. be it, it, it's just teaching isn't it yeah, it's yeah, I, yeah. I think anyway, it's yeah, fine it's teaching, yeah. hey yeah. we are passing an EF education easy do know post team there? car Schlugen? I don't Schlugen? Know do you know anyone else oh no. I do it's TJ oh, no. it's manual for speed slow down can you slow down I think it's TJ Van Garderen is it and it's also oh. that's uh, no, manual for speed who's driving oh no it's not TJ this is my man Daniel yeah. Who anyone who knows his Instagram <laughs> Daniel <laughs> he He's can't smiling see at me. you. He's like he doesn't know it's me. This might be this might be yeah, wind your window, Dan. There we go. Yeah, watch your hat. Use your mic. Ah! <laughs> 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 there you go. Little podcast moment there. there you go. Who's Con- that then, David? Contact made. Who's that? Uh, that's Daniel from there's a brilliant account on Instagram called Manual for Speed. It's one of my favourite accounts, and uh, he runs that whole thing, and uh, I've known him for years. So that was just a Tour de France crossover moment. Back to the race. Back to the race. What have we got to say about the race? So actually, talking about EF Education Easy Post, we mentioned Filippo Ganna. Pete, you're not... You haven't been terribly impressed with Ganna. For what, I think there might, must be some physiological reason why he's not going well, you know? I... Uh, I, I think he's not. I, is it? I don't or know. is it the tour's just a slightly higher level than no. what he's competed at? Come on. Absolutely not. This yeah, is the first not time. Having it. I'm not having it really because Filippo Ganna has crushed everybody for the last two or three years, David, right? You're a time yeah. trial. Yeah, he's. Um, there's got to be a reason why he's not um, quite. You know, there's got to be a. He's still good, though. He's still, oh, he's still good, yeah. Like, I if you look at his comparison to Bissiger today, mm. I don't know well, what it is, but if, if we can ha- use that as a. You know, no, you I, can't, I you can't use it as a. Com- yeah. Sorry, David, you can't use it as a comparison no, today. You can't. Because while we're on the subject of yeah. EF education, easy post, Bissiger had another, mecha- a, oh, another did, a nightmare yeah. today, right. yeah, um, which uh, basically cost him so much time yeah. that he knew he wasn't going to win and yeah. then he just rolled in. I mean, that. to really understand it from a physical point of view, he needs to have. He needs to take all the GC guys out of it and Wout van Aert and compare his time to someone else who was mm. going for it, like <laughs> Mollema, and all then the compare GC it. guys and Wout van Aert. And then, yeah. Why and do then you have to take Wout van Aert? Because you have to. Because you have to. And then you have yeah. to compare that to another race that they were both in. Then yeah. you'd really know if it was that's his level in terms of time trialing yeah. or. So I have this. If yeah, that I, makes sense. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. it does make sense, Pete. And I think the thing we have with Filippo Ganna because he came quite rapidly onto the scene. Yeah. And. Got onto the road scene. The road scene. Having crushed everything on the track. Having crushed everything on the track. He's also a big dude, you know? Yeah, he's you're right. He's like, 
he's a proper kind of athlete in physically. Mm. Um, I'm talking about height, weight, just his shoulders, morpholo- morphology, broad shoulders, and glutes. he came in and just ripped everything up on time trialing, and then he hit, I think, his pinnacle of hero status at the Olympics oh, last yeah. year, yeah. where he probably only lost two or three time trials at world tour level in two or three years. Yep. And then he went to the Olympics and basically won the team pursuit mm-hmm. for the Italian team on his own. Yeah. Although he did, and it was amazing. But I always think that his teammates get overlooked in that. Yeah. yeah. Sim- Simone Consoni, etc. They no, fantastic. I'm just they did an amazing ride just yeah. to put him in that position where oh, he yeah. could do that. I'm talking thing. about the yeah. Ghana narrative. Oh, yeah, yeah completely. Oh, yeah, so, that so tactic depended yeah. on so him. So it comes out of yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. True though. This yeah. is this yeah. is a good yeah. yeah, go on. And so then comes into this <laughs> season, gonna do his first Tour de France, yep. which mm-hmm. is surprising. Yeah. And then had planned to do the hour record afterwards. Yep. So Naive. Naive. What? Too much. Too much too got much. too just You haven't even rode a Tour de France yeah. yet, Ghana. Come on. He's a, he's his huge physicality and ability overshadowed the fact that he he's not ready yet to do the Tour de France. Or do the hour record? Yeah, huh. it's this I, is big time, David. Like the first Tour de France yeah. I did, and I'm mm. not saying I'm gospel yeah. because mm. I'm not. But I went home, and within two days, I think I put on like eight kilos. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I was so so big. Fact. I could, I was like, what is going on? My ankles were like four times the size, <laughs> and it's like, it's so hard, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, the whole. So Everything with, that comes with the Tour de France is so different to any other race. Yeah. Not just the competition, just the whole experience. Yeah, the whole experience like, is mind-bending. Yeah, it's mm. ridiculous. So I think, and and I've also had this kind of theory, and Pete will know this as well. An athlete of like Filippo Ganna, who's accomplished so much so young, you become an accumulation of your results. So people judge you on. Uh, your Wikipedia page. on your Wikipedia page, that it's not just your last race or the last couple of months. You you turn up to every race. When you turn up to a race and you haven't won anything, nobody knows. Every race is important, but once you get to three or four or five, six, that becomes this huge ball and chain that you carry around, and which is fine because that's where the great champions can can manage that. But Filippo Gann has come in as the greatest time trialist of this generation and I would go as far as saying arguably ever in our sport because he's pure and he's not, not sure. it's not working here is that not too early to say that that's what, uh, I'm being a, an example of what happens all oh, right sorry yeah three weeks ago no one was saying that about Filippo Gana yeah. what greatest time trialist of his generation no that's what everyone was saying three yeah. weeks ago no one was saying no one was questioning it. Yeah. No one was questioning yeah. it. So, uh, you know, we're reading a lot into two performances, really. Did Bissiger beat him in UAE? Yeah, he so did. But that was a weird time trial. Well, we were no, both it there. wasn't. It was 10k <laughs> out and back. Yeah. Headwind, headwind, headwind. No. Yeah, tailwind, we, tailwind, tailwind, I mean, tailwind, tailwind. tailwind, tailwind, tailwind. Headwind, headwind, headwind. Well, what's going to happen now, yeah. Ned? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> do a tailwind. <laughs> oh, look at his position. It's Bissiger perfect. Bissiger did beat him, but... He's you know, so aero. Bissiger hasn't backed that up, has he? Um, no. He hasn't in the slightest. No, he hasn't. What I'm saying is you're talking about the best time trial time trials in the world ever to yeah. walk on this planet and he got beat by Bissiger in New Eto so yeah. are we jumping heads with that well clearly we are now we are I mean, a so, 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 so maybe we are yeah, no, we're good. yeah. Um, um, what did I want to say there was something I wanted oh, to yeah. say uh, oh, yeah. oh yeah 
Just about. We. I was having this conversation with Rendell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mad. At um at breakfast this morning, thinking about. You and love it, breakfast, don't you? I you love to. You, you never do miss love breakfast. breakfast. You never miss a meal. I never miss breakfast. So I like so lunch as well. For, for Pete and I, and it's I really so like strange dinner. because it's quite old school. You, like, you always have breakfast. I do come and sit on my own. Yeah, but you always have breakfast. You always eat. I, yeah, I do come. I, yeah, I do so actually. It's so sociable at yeah. breakfast, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, I do. Oh, uh, well, it's when I get to I get to catch up with Matt. Yeah, we yeah. spoke about this. It's true. So, so Rendell, yeah. Rendell, basically, you know, like a a, a whale inhales plankton. Yeah, <laughs> Rendell, 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 basically inhales the Tour de France during the month of July. He does, doesn't he's he? He's like a he's like a, a creature deep down in the ocean that is just inhaling he the Tour everything. de France. He inhales everything air in colossal Food. amounts. <laughs> yeah, Pringles. Um, but he inhales the Tour de France, and he's got no outlet for it. So imagine being a whale, inhaling all this plankton, and you can't release it out of your, what do you call those spout things? <laughs> Is that spout. I don't know if that's where the plankton comes yeah. out. I, I don't, don't know. know. No, but anyway, it doesn't so it's quite got digest it. Yeah, but it's more like it's a whale <laughs> so they poo it. that can never come up to the surface and spout. So, so yeah. breakfast is when he comes up to the surface oh, and spouts. And also in the office yeah. sometimes in me. Where with yeah. you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, give yeah, a shout yeah. out to the guy on Twitter who Really made me laugh today. Oh, uh, with Matt Rendell <laughs> and the it Pringles. It was so funny. With, with Matt Rendell and the Pringles, is yeah. that what you're talking about? <laughs> you know, did you read I, it? I did. So what was it? Um, how does he get any... Oh, no, we'll have to read it. We'll go and find with it. With his massive hand. You so you were talking hand. about his salt and vinegar Pringles that you bought him. Yeah. How does he get the Pringles out with he his massive hand? Yeah, he has to pour them into his but massive pot. But Rendell, Rendell's answer was brilliant. I didn't see it. He what said, he no, say? Rendell said, massive Pringles. so good. But... This morning, so basically what I'm saying is he doesn't get an outlet in his crew necessarily who are wonderful friends and great people, a little bit less interested in the Tour de France than mm. Matt is. So he's got, overnight, he get, bottles up all this kind of plankton that he's got to release. And uh, I sit at breakfast with him, he surfaces and spouts. So an enormous amount of Tour de France comes out of him. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and once he'd kind of like spouted about stuff and it settled down, and we were all splashed with his water this morning, we then said, Matt and I had quite an interesting conversation because we both quite often work at the Giro d'Italia and we work for RCS. And we're thinking, Crikey, you know what? And it relates to what you were saying about Ghana, and this is welcome to the Tour de France, right? The Giro, I think, is in trouble a little bit um, because the Gulf is widening mm-hmm. there are fewer and fewer riders like Contador tried to do whenever that was who thought I can win the Giro and then win the Tour de France that's off the, that's off the table now for all the riders and conversely the Vuelta which is always perceived to be the, the, the if you like the weakest of the three consistently benefits from the GC races at the Tour de France who pulled up short for I whatever yeah. reason. Do you know why this But is? no one's going to the Giro any, anymore. No, really. and I don't think they would. I don't think... And I don't know what the answer Pete, is. What did you want to say? But, but look, f- four years ago, it was like the Giro was going to overtake the Tour. Everyone, like, this is where it's at. It's so exciting. The after race is f- amazing. After Froome's but victory. I'll tell you what's happened. What? And I'm going to let David speak in 10 seconds. Get for an art. Today, Bogaccio. 10. And now you're nine, in Finnegard. 8. Facts. Seven, that's one, it. Six, because and Alaphilippe. Philippe. That is, that's it. That's where s- racing is now. So we have a term uh, between us regards this idea of hipsters. Yeah, the hipster kind of, choice. They're the kind of like you like Intermarché, yeah. Wanty Goubert. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love them. André Petit. André kind of, Petit. Uh, André Petit. Taco van der Horn. Uh, Taco van der Horn. Um, who else we got as hipster? Kind Col- of Colby Holsons. Oh, nice. I'm just naming the Antimarché yeah. team yeah. now. Louis Mankies, Alexander yeah. Christophe, Andrea Pasqualon, who yeah. you will remember 
jumped in the lake in, uh, yeah. in, oh, in yeah. the Alps. I think Mikey's has gone a bit hipster. I can almost imagine. Mikey's gone full hipster. He's gone full hipster. His time trial was so hipster he lost six minutes in the time trial today. He fell from fifth to eighth. Yeah, he had the wrong playlist on his iPod, didn't he? Oh, God, he looked terrible. Like the chill chill out playlist. Poor guy. But my point being, like, five years ago, and this was kind of the wave of the Anglo-Saxon, the boom, after you guys, Pete, you had Lance Armstrong, you then had British Olympics. Oh, no, and Lance Armstrong was I'm not connected to them directly, but I'm just in the Anglo-Saxon kind of influx. Yeah, yeah. And oh, all, yeah. The, all the Anglo-Saxon influx were like, ah, oh, the Jira's amazing. It's, yep. This is like the coolest bike race in the world. And I was like, yeah. really? I don't think it is. Tour de France is the best bike race. So everyone in this hipster movement to Giro d'Italia, and I've never thought it's a great bike race. Oh. It's got a great history, and the truth is being revealed. Oof, he's going deep with this yeah, one. No, going. It's fact. It's like a couple of years ago when he yeah. went in on G randomly about yeah. his crashing. Mm-hmm. Remember that oh, yeah, day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I messaged you and I said, "Deep." Yeah. yeah. I just think it's a. Uh, I discovered it's a French word. I, I learned a French word. Yeah. Today. Sometimes, right though, David. I did yeah. an interview in French with a colleague from Belgian te- mm. television mm. who used the word. I had to look it up because mm. I was transcribing what he'd written mm. that I didn't understand at first. It's engouement. Engouement is is like a a wave of enthusiasm that sucks things in with it. Oh, like and a whirlpool. You've just ha- yeah, like yeah. a whirlpool. What you've just yeah. had is a whirlpool opinion. Yeah. yeah. You started it not being mm. totally sure about where you're yeah, going, so but true. the longer you spoke, mm. the more you were convinced that the Giro is a terrible bike race and the Tour de France is. And that's not what you meant. And it's not really what you meant. It's not really what you meant. Because the Jerry's a great bike race, but I'm just saying, regards, it is probably a C or D bike race if we. And then we are putting the Volta further down there. C or D? It's not. You don't have A and B. Because there's no B Grand Tour, there's no C Grand Tour, because the Tour de France is A. And then you've got. Do you understand that, Pete? A completely different bike race. Where I think he's just saying it's it's that much bigger that you can't <laughs> yeah. put it as B or C because I I I would agree to this extent. Yeah, um, having you know worked on the Giro for a few years, I think I don't think you're right that it's um I think it is I think there is an attacking spirit. It's being undermined quite recently by the but results. The, the, the what's what's changed yeah. is actually not the Giro. Mm-hmm. The Giro is the Giro. Giro is the yeah. Giro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, there we go. Did you just say that? The Giro is the Giro. <laughs> the Giro is the Giro. Oh, God. But the riders that have been... Uh, yeah. Italy is uh, the hey, most beautiful country in the world. Don't respect the riders that go to the Giro, eh? Uh, there we, yeah. we have the team meeting in January. Yeah. say, oh, this is what you do. This is your race program. You yeah. go on the bike ride. Yeah, maybe even Fabio Jakobsen comes up to you and he says, oh, what is your race program, eh? Uh... Trentino, eh, <laughs> then eh, Terreno, then normally Giro. Normal. Normally, normally, normally Giro, but <laughs> you never know it. Form's good, I can go to the Tour de France. Yeah, we'll see you at the Giro. Eh? I will see you. Eh? In the first week of the Giro, you have maybe two, three opportunities to take your chance. Take a chance. And then maybe we, d- we take you out of the Giro. If the legs are good, you go to the Tour. True, eh? Eh? But Mm. But the Giro. <laughs> but the Giro. But no. Um, sorry, can I complete I, my point I, before I forget? Because of the riders. No, the t- it's is not it? about the Giro. This is this development is not about the Giro. The Giro is keep the Giro. is is con- continuously doing what the Giro yeah. does. That that hasn't changed. That's what I mean. It never it's changes, and I love it. What's, That's what's great. Cha- what has changed yeah. is, is the Tour de France, and uh, then you're absolutely right. It goes back to that glorious mm. edition mm. in 2019, mm-hmm. with respect to Geraint Thomas's win yeah. the previous year. 2019, it's only went. Yeah. And ever since then, yeah. it's been fireworks. Is the, right? Is th- yeah. It's all to do with these hitters, basically. And it's a bit like they the pyramid. the races. Because they're not going to the yeah. Giro. It's a very subtle way of doing the pyramid, where the Tour de France was so kind of, and Giro, complete parity. 
and better stories. But the Tour de France has just got bigger and bigger and bigger, and the Giro is not uh, lifting up. And it's a problem. The yeah. more the more I the more we speak about mm. this, I actually believe I'm right, and Probably. it's because the biggest bike riders in the world are not going to the Giro, and that wasn't the case. And that wasn't the five case, years no. ago. Brad Wiggins went there. Yeah. Geraint Thomas went there. It's uh, Nibali in the past. Yep. Before that, you know, Pantani, um, even you know, Kunigo, like all these amazing riders. Yep. Were always, but but in the last two years, no one's been there. Yep. Like Quintana, no, Quintana when he was at his Sorry, absolute best. Been there, but yeah. No, yep. none of these this top crop yep. that we watch at the tour now yep. have been to the Giro in the last and four, and I'll, three, four years. I'll put it kind of perfectly in just to close this. People say, oh, Wout van Aert, he could win a Grand Tour. And you know what? Maybe. You know what? If he, he wants to, he goes to Giro. Giro. He could win the Giro. He could win, he could the, win Giro. the Giro, no problem. But you know what? He could. That would then ruin his tour. And he could win the Giro. But if he goes to the Tour and does nothing, it doesn't matter about the Giro. If he goes to the Tour and does what he does, it eclipses the Giro. Yeah, it's 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 a sad truth. Yeah, uh, but sad it, truth. but there is a lot of truth in that. Yeah, mm. I remember when 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 Geraint won his first tour. Well, his only tour to date in 2018. I hosted a massive kind of like arena <laughs> event with him in in mm. Cardiff, mm. and he'd flown in from California the following that. year. That following year, yeah. he had like 30,000 people there in the stadium to listen to m- me and him rambling on the stage, and. Um, but backstage, I'd spent the afternoon while well, we waited for his flight to land from the States with his dad, um, who's an absolutely lovely guy, who was saying to me, it's quite funny, he couldn't pronounce the name Brailsford. So he kept saying, what do you think, uh, what do you think that Battlesford will do with him? <laughs> what do you think Battlesford? Do you think he'd send him to the Tour de France? And I went, I don't know, I've no idea. But my thinking then was that the thing that Geraint Thomas should have done is try and win the Vuelta and the Giro. Mm. Is win the Vuelta and the Giro. Then just get, get the threesome. But, that but would no, be amazing. because he he just yeah. kind of understood exactly yeah. what you just said, mm. and he's backed it up now by finishing yeah. second and third. Yeah, the tour the tour de France eclipses everything. The c- eclipses yeah. everything. and unfortunately, the Giro is it got a little bit happy clappy regards that media success of it's the most the, the most beautiful bike race in the world. Yeah. It's Italian, yeah. but it's it's not the most beautiful bike race in the world. It's not the best organised. That it's uh, badly run. Um, and, uh, but I love what, what it. You, I love what it. What do you mean by beautiful? Because uh, beautiful in the sense, I think people. It was a very cliche newcomers into the sport. Yeah. Talk about a story. That it's Dolomites. It's Tuscany. Yeah. It's Coppi. It's Bardani. Yeah. It's. But actually, Pantani. It's Pantani. It's yeah. kind of you know you got all these things and it's wonderful. But it, it became nostalgic yeah. rather than I Do you not think looking? that was a, a slightly a reaction to the Sky years with respect, Pete? Yeah. You know, that the, 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 you know mm. they were so good. Froome was so good. Yeah. Pete Kenyuk was so good that the oh tour man. became the quite tour a became hard... became more romantic. T- the tour, uh, frankly, became quite a hard watch mm. for a yeah. few years. Boring, and yeah. the Giro was a little bit more... Mm. You know, that, I think that feeds yeah. into it as well. It was like the B-side. Yeah, it was like the A sides, like where the tracks like. Yeah, that's a commercial one. That's great. Yeah, everyone loves it. But B-side the B sides, the early that's work, that's the cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the it's early stuff work. that like don't and care about that yeah. much, but it's actually yeah. in the end, it's probably better. Yeah. And, and that's where the Giro enjoyable to should to. be and deserves to be. Yeah, yeah. because it is has all the stories. So that that's we've been contradictory as well, <laughs> because it is Tour de France is A side, Giro is B side, and, and they should embrace that though. rather than try to be. Bigger and better. It's almost to be careful with yeah. social media and the, you know, what it's becoming. Because how do you mean? In terms of, I mean, the organisation has been amazing, but at some points, there's 
times where the police or the gendarme need to respect that what the race has always been and what it is and you can't just remove people or shove them out of the way or the policing has been or, well we spoke about this a little bit yeah, it's, it's been hard, quite strict actually very strict, it's very very strict, strict yeah. to a certain point where mm. like it doesn't sit I understand it, it yeah. must be so difficult do you know when it started so difficult. I, I remember when this started um, it was after the um, the the truck going down the promenade des Anglais Oh yeah, Nice, oh, and that oh, changed yeah. everything yeah. in France. Yeah, it was, enough, it was devastating. And so then, a really yeah. big moment. Then that yeah. just blocks yeah. that changed the whole tour of France. You forget that. Well yeah. done, David. Yeah, you do so forget. And then yeah. the tour, you know, not not yeah. so long after that, yeah. the tour started in Nice. Then it just yeah. roadblocks. Because mm-hmm. let's not forget, the Tour de France is That's such a good point. It's a national event. So it's a national ministerial closures. So they they engage all military, all their governmental systems. They will prevent trucks riding into the race. Yeah, mm. and they block everything to do that. Yeah, and we kind of yeah. forget I, about I that. And also, I, f- I feel mm. like we, well, I forget mm. that at this point in the bike race, it's been such a long race for everyone who's working on it, not just us, mm. <laughs> not even just us. Even though it feels <laughs> like that. Yeah, no, even the gendarmes because poor cyclists. No, because we're not cyclists anymore, though, are we? Because yeah. like today, I went to go <laughs> on the last 250 meters of the course, um, which used like how my pass. And I literally got picked up and removed by a gendarme, <laughs> and I was raging. Yeah. And I was like, "Are you joking?" Like I was, f- I was fuming. Because <laughs> I was going to say I, was I like, can't ha- imagine that, but no, I literally I can imagine. imagine. No, can you? Yeah, I, I, can you imagine it? Yeah, you literally yeah, can. can I went down. Yeah. And then he started laughing. Oh god, that would have gone well. And I was like, Ugh. "Oh, the laughing!" And then five minutes later, <laughs> oh I went, dear. the laughing. I know. Yeah. Then five minutes later, I was going to meet David, and then I came across. The polka dot jersey caravan giveaways. Oh yeah, but they hadn't started giving them away yet. Because you want so you wanted to get a um, you mean the, the throwaway t-shirts? Yeah, for Lizzie for the s- supermarket. And Lizzie wanted one, didn't yeah. she? Yeah, and so we're seeing like, her. I was like, get in there tomorrow. Tomorrow. So yeah, you're in Paris. I was like, yeah. get in there, get Lizzie a t-shirt. All is okay. And by the way, this was all also um, part of my. Well, I'd gone to buy my two kids um, a yellow jersey. Ah, oh, did so you get one? Yeah, I got two. Brilliant. Yeah, so, so yeah, cute. with the ASO that I'm now, you know, at war with. At war with. <laughs> I I've just I've just gave you a hundred euro to your wow. bank account. Yeah, so it's not cheap. That's that's coming. I've also worked basically on your race for the last three weeks. But yeah, uh, and then so I was stood opposite this young woman who had four bags. I would say at least yeah, huge bags, like you know, laundry bag size, bigger. I would probably estimate there was 9,000 polka dot t-shirts in these bags below yeah I was like had my pass on yeah and I was like listen it's been a long race for you it's been a long race for me yeah we understand what's going on here yeah any chance I can have a (laughs) t-shirt like the preamble it was so unnecessary the preamble and then it's been a long race for you it's been a long (laughs) can have a t-shirt and then she was like cut to the point no no we we had them out (laughs) over there and she pointed to 200 meters to go I was like I've literally done this race twice <laughs> and I'm stood opposite you now and I've worked on it for three weeks and I want a t-shirt for probably the best British woman cyclist that's ever walked this planet and you're telling me no! It's <laughs> 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 absolutely raging! I was almost getting lazy on the phone I was like what? You don't understand what you're doing? Or why you're here? <laughs> Yeah. And then I realised that I'm just I'm just overly fatigued and not thinking straight. Mm. When it gets it. this deep into the race, um, though, on the flip side of that, Pete, I think inhibitions in the best in the best um, 
sense of the word actually sort of melt away a bit in the fatigue of the race and I yeah they do I um, we've been eating every day at Bivouac Catering's um, excellent service mm. that they provide for France Television and now us yeah uh, and assorted others and it's been wonderful the staff are so hard oh, they're, so nice. they're so nice so the staff. good so friendly so after after lunch today I, I made a point and this this is something I've noticed myself doing at this point <laughs> in the tour quite often I made a point of going <laughs> over going over to these familiar faces <laughs> hi, I'm Ned and Bolting. just saying I love your food uh, well yeah hi yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love your food I'm Ned Bolting <laughs> goodbye um no, I went over and I just said, I said, um, I said to the the lady who serves, works, picking up all the little bit and pieces. Je comprends bien que vous avez un boulot très dur. You've got a really hard job, and I just want to say every day, you know, every day it's great, and um, you know, I hope the journey to Paris goes well. And it was the grat, the the, the, the fact that someone was just kind of <laughs> recognizing that we're all in this together. Yeah. I think meant, meant a bit, and I then I had the same conversation with the coffee guy, mm. who's really proprietorial, isn't he? About his I coffee know he owns machine. that yeah. s- section, doesn't he? So, what about um, yeah. Greg, who kind of uh, tags us in? Who's Greg who tags us in? Oh yeah, the guy Gregory. He sometimes he's having a cigarette, cigarette, sitting at the table, always have a does cigarette. Our oh, QR oh code. that guy. So I kind of made I a pay, I paid attention yeah. to look at his past today uh, because over the last three days he started going. So David. 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 And I was like, well, so he has the inbuilt advantage of literally staring at your name on your pass every day. I know. So, so but, that's cool. but it's always that we're literally the last day, and today was the first time yeah. after three weeks I yeah. said, Sava so Greg. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. There yeah. you go. So we've all done a similar thing yeah. in yeah. catering. But at this yeah. point in the, in the race, when I met David right in his um, diary, mm. I tried to get the. <laughs> I tried to get a Coke, didn't I? Like three yeah. different times. And I was like, excuse me. Yeah. And then the woman put, uh, excuse me? Just ignored you. Mm-hmm. Excuse me? And then someone was, <laughs> and I was like, excuse-moi! Oh, really? She looked over and I was like, can I have a Diet Coke of ice, please? And then mm. she walked off and I was like, in with the French, out with the English. I'm just trying to find an email that we were sent because I wanted mm. to. We do get sent a few emails to our, what's my our email address, David? Can you remember? Uh, it was ridiculous. Is it the one it was absolutely to me? ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, can you find it? Yeah, quick? I can find it quickly. Yeah. But um, if there's anything you've got to We need to, to actually do a better race. email address in the Do you want to talk about the, the race quickly while oh, I find Yeah, it. is there anything else to say about the race? Yeah, I think, um, uh, firstly. Fred Wright? Amazing ride. Amazing ride. He basically is the only of those crazy attackers who's been in a lot of breaks, been yep. very aggressive, who backed it up in the final time trial. Yep. The final time trial of the Tour de France is such an indicator of your recovery abilities. Yeah. Because you don't have to be a specialist to get a good result there. Or yeah. how good your coach is, Tim Kenyuk. Tim Kenyuk. Tim Kenyuk. Also, Surpass coach. Surpass.cc. That's, a, oh, that's a perfect plug. Well mm. done, Segway. you. Segway, let's talk about Surpass, Pete. Yeah. Mm. Well, briefly. Well, I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll keep it brief. No, I'll keep yeah. it very brief. Um, doing a, I'm doing an Instagram. By the time, yeah, you've heard this podcast. The Instagram takeover because my sister said, who is the business head behind Surpass, said, yep. "Can you mention it on the pod?" And that was last night, and I forgot. Oh, well done, Pete. I know, but you get too involved in the pod, and you, mm. you know. Yeah, I know. So yeah, yeah, Surpass.cc. We get um, so involved. Mine and my brother, and well, I'm my sister's coaching business. Tim works for Boring Victorious. I work for ITV through the month of July, and then other than that, I work for Surpass.cc, where I coach. Yeah, quite a few different riders, and uh, if you're interested in being coached by me or my brother, uh, send us an email. Yeah, or and check the Instagram page out. And that also links into the fact that 
you could get a month free coaching from Surpass if you go and buy some tickets for Ned's shows. Yeah, you do. I think it's still open before the end of the Tour de France was the rules. Yeah. So you've yeah. got like 48 hours, 24 hours. Mm. Buy a ticket because honestly, it's going to be a fantastic way, I hope, or, well, I hope, I believe, of reliving. Because we've loved it. It's been an amazing Tour de France and it's, it's, going, to be, it's going to be the trigger which will uh, create the show. And in October, November, we're going to relive all that and kind of celebrate it because it's just been a beautiful race. So what you have to do is buy a ticket, um, just one, to one of these shows, an email proof of purchase um, to office at theroadbook.co.uk. And then you enter the big prize, big giveaway prize draw, David, with Chapter 3. Loads yeah. of goodies from Chapter 3, yeah. isn't there, David? And I'll talk about Chapter 3 a bit tomorrow. So okay, we don't tomorrow. That'd be brilliant. Do we have a yeah. whole... Yeah, we're doing yeah. a special segment. Yeah, I'm actually scrolling through my sister's um, so, messages so now to know what to. Okay, you do that. While you do that, I'm going to talk about the bike race. I just want to once again, and I feel like I do this every day. What do you mean? Is salute. Sorry for ten percent off coaching. <laughs> I'm going to Not like me, is it? Just hold that salute there, David. And um, for ten percent off coaching, email contact at surpass.cc and reference the podcast to claim. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to that. We'll put it in the show notes plug. so you know what to do. Uh, yeah, it's put it in the show notes. It came across very natural. Yeah. David, yeah, continue. Yeah. So a salute to uh, Wout van Aert because there was a moment, not only the excellence of his ride, because he's basically like Ghana, one of the world's best time trialists now. Yep. And arguably, yep. you looked through all his results, Ned, never been worse than sixth. And the last 15, 15 apart from when he crashed yeah. out. Yeah. 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 Um, but then that was that, and then he was sitting in the hot seat, and then when Vingegaard, the only person that could beat him, came across the line, he'd gone out yeah. by the finish line, and in a way, I guess, he'd have loved just Vingegaard to stop, but he just passed him and pushed him yeah. on the back. Yeah. And then Vingegaard went to his family, his wife and daughter, about another 100 metres down the road and they had their moments which went on for ages and it's so kind of hard to do that isn't it because you're getting everybody's around it and they're having a very I, powerful moment when Egan Bernal won there yeah. was a similar moment yeah. wasn't there with his family it's deeply moving mm. um, but yeah it was a, it was a special, yeah. it was special, it was special but then it clipped back to Wout van Aert and he was again he'd gone back from patting Vingegaard coming over the line gone back to the kind of podium area and he was bawling his eyes out. And he was bawling his eyes out. Yeah. And you suddenly realize that's the first time you've seen him just go. And I think a lot about Wout van Aert. We did it. We won the tour. Like him w- winning the stage is a footnote. Him winning two stages before, him getting the green jersey. But that's been an objective for Jumbo Visma for Jumbo Visma for since they existed. And they've done it. Well, we, we paused there and we pick up um, because we just pulled into a petrol station. <clears throat> we had to get some gas because we're driving a long way to Paris, massively long way, which partly explains why this podcast is so extremely long already and, and we're still talking. But Pete, what happened in the petrol station? Oh, my word. Like, sometimes I look at myself and I'm just like, what are you doing? <laughs> so firstly, <laughs> <laughs> to, to set it all up for the four minutes well not even four minutes a couple of minutes before we're getting there I'm pointing at Ned going with two fingers up and going pause 
pause. Like trying to take pause. Like I need to I get some food. I couldn't compute it. I was and still talking. Like, yeah. Looking at me, going two fingers. What? What? <laughs> like charades. I'm like no pause. So we stop, and I'm like, I've never seen pause on a video player or anything. Yeah, which I is have two. on a video player. But oh, so you mean do you, do you mean do you mean the two fingers like the two dashes? <laughs> I mean pause. Yeah. Like oh, that. so like so oh, just going like oh, that. that's cool. And I go, two what? No two cells. Yeah, very okay. good. So that happened. <laughs> and then he goes pause for two minutes. <laughs> like no, yeah. just pause. Just pause. Okay. Right. So then <laughs> I get into the ve- into the service station and I go to the toilet and I'm like, wow, just one of the communal toilets because it's quite common now in England, in certain, yeah. uh, quite a lot of restaurants mm. and cafes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't think anything of it. Yep. Um, and I didn't even shut the door. Turn <laughs> <laughs> to walk out the toilet and this woman comes towards me with an accreditation on just like in mine and I'm like and she gives me like a really you know this kind of smile <laughs> which I'm like she she obviously just knows who I am <laughs> <laughs> you know. I was like yeah that's me and then I walk out and I was like mm. and then I look round at the door and it's <laughs> it's a women's toilet <laughs> then it gets better <laughs> So then I'm like, right, I'm so hungry because I haven't eaten since 12 o'clock since coffee. Lunch. <laughs> and, um, since lunch. second lunch. 12 o'clock. Oh, yeah, 2 o'clock was the last one. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> stood in this uh, subway queue. And I'm stood there <laughs> so, so, so patiently. <laughs> like a normal human. And I human. just can't fathom what's going on. Like, I can't fathom it. I'm stood there. No one's serving me. And then I look to the left, and I'm stood on the right of the till. (laughs) (laughs) For like eight minutes. (laughs) 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 The people in the queue, honestly, whoever's in the queue and the people working as well, what is he doing? Why is he stood there? And then, so then I'm like, right, I seen Gaz, everyone walked out, you, David, Gaz walked out, and I was like, I'm just going to have to commit to like, Whatever the shop has, Maltesers, little salad. Then I seen Gaz walk back in. <laughs> so like, this is my chance. The game, back in the queue, it's gone down. Again, yeah. Game back <laughs> on, and then, and then they're looking at me like, <laughs> "Oh my god, he's back!" <laughs> and then yeah, I went on to get my subway. Came out. <laughs> it's just like, I can't believe how eventful so, the ten so, minute service way was. So was that like you? Was. It was mad. S- was that like you at a Starbucks, <laughs> just standing where they deliver the coffees, waiting? Uh, even worse without like, paying no but at so least there's like a gap at least there's a gap between where you yeah. wait for your coffee in Starbucks and where you pay <laughs> I was literally just stood on the person's shoulder who's paying <laughs> stood there like lo- <laughs> like <laughs> looking over the menu <laughs> 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 and then he goes they want to get in the queue I, I don't go to Subway much he's like do you want cheese and I was like no 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 it's okay and then he goes to put it in the oven and I, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I'll have cheese because it's melted. Because <laughs> then I was like, that would be quite nice. <laughs> and then that was, it was so, so honestly, now. such an eventful 10 minutes. It was. Blew my mind. So back to the race and actually oh, what, what, what well, having a bit behind the scenes today, Ned. And this was your idea for a segment we're doing for ITV. Yeah, I floated it. So normally, David, you and I on the final, on the final highlight show from Paris... We normally have a little section where we kind of give our take, our, our little personal view on yeah. stuff we've done and stuff we've seen mm. and all that sort of thing. 
And actually, uh, over the last, I mean, look, it hasn't been relevant for the last two years because we've been stuck in a car park. But in previous years, I've actually filmed that myself, haven't I? You've done a brilliant job, on, yeah. on, on the iPhone, but for various different reasons. One of which is we do a flipping podcast every yeah. single day. Sucked and it's our just, creative juices yeah, away. Yeah, I couldn't. I didn't have the yeah. bandwidth to, to do that as well because editing that takes a real, real effort. As satisfying as it is. So I had to, our producer said, what are you going to do then? What are you going to do instead? And I had to come up with a really kind of straightforward idea very quickly. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And I thought, let's get other people to talk. So I said, why don't me and David scatter around the Zone Technique and go and gatecrash other commentary teams from other countries mm. and just get their take on them, um, on on what their perspective of the race has been. Mm. So I spoke to a bunch of people. Who did you speak to today? I spoke to Fabian Wegman. Fabian Wegman. And Rolf Sorensen. of... Fabian Wegmann, formerly of Gerold Steiner. And, uh, yeah, and also Garmin. And Garmin. He was my teammate, yeah. Of course he was, yeah. Yeah, briefly. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the nicest human beings yeah. I've, he's, I've ever met. Oh, my... And he's... You know what? It's so true. And he's... He's just... He's quite excellent, isn't he? He's really switched on. He is. I mean, he's just... Really a, switched on. He's polite and he's interesting and he's engaged. And he's an ex-pro cyclist who's become... The director of the Tour of, of the Germany. Deutschland Tour, yeah. 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 He's a lovely Who's this? Fabian Wegman. Uh, Fabian Wegman. Oh, yeah, what a yeah. legend. Yeah, what he's a legend. legend. Really nice guy. So you spoke to him? I spoke to him and I spoke to Rolf Sorensen. Of, Dan- of Danmark. Yeah. Another of Danmark. legend. Yeah, another and, uh, legend. He's a really nice bloke, Rolf, isn't he? Uh, Rolf's, so yeah, nice. he's, yeah. he's... Yeah. Me and Rolf go back quite a bit. Yeah, because from Corata. Corata. Yeah. From Matt Shandy, who's the under-23 coach at the yeah. time. And this is what's weird for me, and I spoke to Ned briefly about it. We go to a barbecue at Max's, probably... Probably twice a year when yep. we were there. It was under twenty. This is when you were a kid, right? Yep. Yeah, when I was a yeah. kid. And Rolf Sorensen would be there randomly, and Max would go, "Hi, this is Rolf. He's won so and so road for so and so." And we were just so in awe. Flanders. We were like, "Wow, like yep. this is mad." Mm. And then now we speak to Rolf um, in the zone technique where all the trucks mm. and TV crews are. Yeah. And um, he's just so passionate about cycling. He like, loves, he loves it. it. So when I was speaking absolutely to him, absolutely loves it. So when I asked him, and we, because. Uh, Ned's essentially kind of curating this segment and we need to get 30s it was just sound bites from yeah, these people yeah yeah little bits and pieces and Rolf I asked him and I told him yeah. a minute yeah. max yeah five minutes and he's welling up oh, talking about it all about how much it means to Denmark because he's Danish yeah, it's yeah. like it was everything yeah. Yeah. he was on the stage at the presentation in Copenhagen, wow. yeah, and yeah. he said ex- he expected not many people to be there oh he was rammed then they'd kind of drift out and so for him, it's been just the most magical kind of tour. And Rolf's just a very interesting dude. As a bike racer, he was, when I turned pro in 1997, he was in his pomp. He was on mm-hmm. Rabobank then. And he was one of the first dudes that kind of spoke to me and looked after me in the peloton. I was like, just turned 20. And uh, I remember we were at Tirreno Ardiatico and uh, there was a time trial prologue in the morning and it was my first equivalent of a world tour race and EPO was quite prevalent at the time and so all these big hitter pros were going out for a morning ride like a two hour smash themselves ride to hmm. lower their hematocrits down and oh. they took me w- with them and I got completely smashed Yeah. Imagine and Rolf that. was one of the people that came up and asked me you okay? Yeah. And Oh, Welcome to the world yeah. in which we live. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. 
He's a yeah. super nice guy. Super He's an nice amazing guy. guy. Yeah, and I spoke to um, uh, a dude from whose name I can't remember. It's quite embarrassing, actually. He works for um, Radio Television uh, Belge Francais. So he's a francophone uh, Belgian correspondent who's absolutely living the dream because of what Wat Van Aert is doing. Apparently, you know, he was, he was telling me Belgium, who have a, a, a kind of like weirdly standoffish relationship with the Tour de France, don't they? Because it's not... Yes, the fo- it's it, not... The, it, oh, if they don't have success, recent success. It, and it's not the focus yeah. of their season. Mm. Their focus is their season is Holy yeah. Week. You know, yeah. it really is. So so the yeah. Tour de France is the Tour de France, whatever. Mm. Mm. But this year, because of what Wav's yeah. done, it's kind of lit up. Mm. It's lit up. It's yeah, lit up. Um, I spoke to uh, Francesco Pancani, who's the uh, Italian commentator for Rai, who said... Uh, yeah, that Italian no cycling. Way. <laughs> it's no like a long way. It's a long way. I like so you the last know, eh? the no, last Italian stage know. winner at the tour was who? Oh, 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 oh. Uh, well, exactly. That's what I'm asking you. Don't know. Vincenzo Nibali. Are you serious? 2014. No, I think he won a stage with Trek, didn't he? He's won the penultimate stage. Yeah, that one. That mountain summit finish. 2018, yeah. 17. Oh, okay. Yeah, but that's I, the or la- later. That, that's the last Italian yeah. stage win. Okay. He won the penultimate mountain stage. Was, yeah. was kind of yeah. It does say a lot for like yeah. so. France, Italy, and Belgium are the great cycling nations. They with, are with Spain, right? Yeah. With Spain, they're the trifecta. But they are Italy think, is yeah. one of the great cycling, and that's yeah. a long time mm. to go with. I bought the. I don't know if I'm just out of touch of it now, but the under twenty three scene in Italy when I was an amateur was untouchable. Yeah, they it were. It was the best. Pro. It was like yeah. the most pro racing you could go and mm. do as an amateur. And I think it still is. But, I, I but, what I, but what's the? There's a disconnect so somewhere. It? So they're there not is, right. You yeah. know, they're, they're not making it to the top of the world tour teams and dominating. It, no idea. And I don't know. I don't know what that might be. You know what I think, and I'm just going to go back to Fred Wright. I think in the UK, because majority of our listeners are British. Uh, and we spoke about this today, Pete. You said with your kids, we should probably try and get our kids into cycling. Oh, right. So, yeah, yeah. let's flip it back. Uh, well, let's take it back a sec, David. Yeah. And I looked at David, and I've been thinking this over the last couple of days, and I don't know if it's a podcast or what we've been talking about. Yeah. And I was walking through the zone technique just before I went and bought these yellow jerseys that we talked about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I even messed with and I was like, I'm getting my kids into cycling. And that's mm. the Tour de France effect mm. on me, even though I've yeah. been there and done it, and I forgot about mm. it. Forgot about yeah. cycling. Forgot about what it meant to me. Yeah. Forgot about what it what it is like yeah. as a sport. Yeah. Well, more than a sport. Mm. And I was like, and I, and I said to David, I said, I'm getting my kids into cycling. I was mm. like, I take them to I take Axel to jujitsu every Tuesday. <laughs> and sit there, and I was like, I'm not doing jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? Like, why am I taking it to? I'm I'm going home, and I'm gonna dedicate time because it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Because yeah. it's, it's really hard. It's cycling because every <laughs> different levels with your different age kids, yeah. and they're all at different. Do you know what I mean? It's really yeah. hard, but I'm going to actually prioritise taking yeah. my kids out on the bike because I love it. I'm passionate about it, mm. and the Tour de France is mm. unbelievable. But here's the thing, Pete. Literally, on the, like earlier on this podcast, if you were to rewind, there was a little section where you were saying, "I'm so over this race," and what you know because. Because I had this whole thing, I had this thing where I got ripped off for these two yellow jerseys, and then I went to try and get these um, oh, yeah. these polka dot jerseys. And this comes back to just before we started That's recording. So true. What did you say? You said, "I'm not really sure what I feel about today." Well, there you go. Mm. Which and I've used this podcast to to work it out, unravel yeah. it, and and th- how do you if right? This is totally different to therapy, but how do you? What <laughs> it's happen- free for a start. What happens in therapy? You talk. Yeah, talking yeah. therapy. And anyway. you talk to yeah. someone. And then you, uh, 
I always say if you're in therapy, the best therapy is when you figure out yourself. Yeah. yeah. And the only way you can do that is by talking to mm. people who are unbiased in a situation. Yeah. And effectively, that might have just happened in the last hour. We are those mm. people. Well, yeah. The, d- yeah. the point of difference. And the strange thing about the way you're doing it is you're doing it on the number one rated sports podcast in the UK, (laughs) which is an unusual way of of therapizing yourself. And and it wasn't a serious matter, you know, in terms of my mental health. But But I did like it. It was, I don't know. I don't know what I think. I I don't know. What did you say? My emotions. I I, I I can't put my finger on whether or not I like how I feel. feel I'm not sure how I feel today. Because usually, you know, after a stage, Mm. you come into the car and we do the podcast and it's like, that was great. I feel really good about Mm. that or... Oh, I didn't. It didn't go too well. I didn't <laughs> answer how I wanted to, or messed up, or whatever. Yeah. But today I was like, and I don't know if it's the Paris and the last day, and mm. like you I it. just got in the car and I was like, mm. I just can't put my finger on how I feel. To, to yesterday, for a variety of reasons. Yesterday, quite a, quite yesterday, a bru- quite a bruising day. Um, but I woke up this morning and I just woke up and went, I'm quite euphoric today. And Do I put on the group, come on, let's yeah. let's. let's you on your this A is, game. I'm just. Mm. I'm up for this. Yeah. I'm really up Ned for this. Special shirt. And it's something to do with Paris, isn't it? It, it has to because be, Because yeah. we were talking about the various options. You don't have to drive to Paris tonight. We could have laid yeah. up short and done the yeah. drive in the morning. But then the consensus was reached in this car. Go to Paris. And also... Go to Paris because mm. there's this moment mm. that we're going to experience. Yeah. The sun is beginning to set now. God Slowly. knows where we are because we've been driving for a while now already. Well, Gaz has. It. Gaz where has are we, Gaz? No, we're near Limoges. What's ETA, Gaz? 12.15, so quarter right. past midnight, it's not too bad. So I also think, Ned, I'm just going to jump here, jump that Rocamador is, although it's built for epic place. a uh, pilgrimage and Virgin Mary, all the the old jazz, yep. but actually it goes back further pre-Christian, yep. and it's become quite a new age place to go to. Oh, right. There's a, there's a special feeling there. Yeah. And um, when we got to the the zone technique this morning everyone was quite happy yeah Joe was being hilarious Joe was being Joe Manley yeah the funniest man in the ITV so crew funny. yeah and the wittiest and smartest he's our sound engineer who mixes yeah he's sound. brilliant yeah. um, but everybody the energy was so good yeah I genuinely think and I'm I I'm not going to say I'm kind of all I am a bit tree huggy all these different things <laughs> that space is quite magical yeah I I'm, I'm all over that. I, 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 I believe, like it. I believe entirely. And in, I think in that you. Sort of stuff. Yeah. I think you guys. Yeah, I mean, into the it. only way we could ever know if this is magical mm. or if mm. it's the place is if uh, Rockamador time trial came on stage four, and uh, then whether or not it'd be magical. Then. Whether true. Yes. Nice piece, then we go back nice to Paris piece. and Pretty we go special. full circle. So yeah. I think the journey to Paris is a big part of this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's so, that is. Know, the, the, the sun is setting now. It's pretty low. What time is it now in the evening, David? It's 8.51. 8.51. Our arrival time is 12.14 a.m. So we've got a few good three hours to go. Mm. Um, but it's when we approach Paris, it's going to be pitch dark, obviously. And there's going to be this moment when we burst through the periphery. Can we see Paris eventually? And someone out of us, probably not Gaz, because his eyes will have faded into nothingness by then driving. But we'll all be alert. We will be looking out for the Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. And we'll see it. And it's got that searchlight that just whips around the night sky in Paris. And the journey's complete again. You know? Pretty bye. Special. Yeah, bye. <laughs>